Welcome to the Houdini RC Heli podcast, chapter 10. Today's date is 07-19-2020. Today on the podcast, we have Brent. Hey, what's up, guys? We have a guest today. We have Carrie Snyder on here. How's it going? So, Carrie's here. He is been in the hobby for a long time. I've known him for a while, going to events and so, so forth and so on. So, I did some... Uh, some zoom meetings with him and checked his audio and it was good enough. So Kenny is going to be out. He spent most of the weekend at the coast doing God knows what, hopefully we don't see him on TV. <laughs> so he should be fine. He's been, uh, he's still been flying, probably flying more than us, but he's taking the night off. He may drop in here at some point. I did send him the link and everything, so I did twist his arm a little bit, but we'll see if he drops in here later to say hi or not. All right. On the show topic, on the main topic this time, we're going to go over sponsorships, how to, so forth and so on, whys and why nots. That'll be on the list. far as me for this week, um, it's been really crappy. Last week after the show, I went and flew. And then I was supposed to go to work on Wednesday night. My daughter came down with a fever. So she went to get COVID tested and my work will not let me on site until that test result comes back. And that test result took a week and a half to two weeks to get back in. And then all the paperwork trying to get back into work, I pretty much missed two weeks of work. A daughter pretty much stayed in isolation in her room and her bathroom. And we fed her through her door. (laughs) And then we didn't go anywhere unless we needed to go to the store and we would do like curbside pickup where they just put it in your trunk. So we were pretty much on isolation for a week and a half. Luckily, I have some friends that dropped off some beer for me and dropped off some helis to work on. So nice, good to them. People helped me out. We're kind of getting back to the normal. So I haven't been, I haven't been to work since the last podcast, I think. So, oh, wow. So she ended up being okay. Yeah, it came back with a negative test, but you know how that is. You never know if yeah. those are accurate or inaccurate or so forth and so on. But we yep. took all of the precautions that we could to to keep ourselves safe and everybody else around us safe. Mm-hmm. That's good. I'm sure I'm going to have one or two more times with, you know, anytime somebody gets a fever in your house, my work won't let us go in, just precautionary stuff. So I'm sure yeah. with the coming winter and all of that and my wife working out of school, it's going to be, be an interesting winter for sure. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. So, that's my week. What, you, what have you been up to, Brent? Oh, let's see. I, I worked last week. I was in a group just trying to get things ready for distance learning. So I was with a bunch of other teachers on a um, Google Meet. And we were coming up with, you know, websites and different things to use when we come back to school in a few weeks. So I've been working on that mostly. I'll be going into work actually tomorrow to start putting stuff away in my classroom, kind of get things together and ready for teaching out of there virtually, at least at the beginning. And I guess next week the governor's supposed to tell us more about what the plan is for the first quarter to see if we're going back August uh, 18th or if we're still going to stay uh, virtual. So. Yeah, on Texas, they're doing, I believe they're doing three weeks virtual and then 
play it by ear after that. Yeah, we were we're gonna start the fifth of August as first day with kids. So, um, and then the eighteenth was when we're gonna reevaluate. But he's supposed to meet with a bunch of the education leadership and everything like that next week and have a press conference. So we'll find out more then, I guess. That's good. I mean, you'd definitely be busy. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting more busy with uh, work and trying to create different things, you know, for my virtual classroom. So it's actually a lot more work than just going back to my regular classroom because you yeah. can't do things the same as you always used, used to do them. Yeah. You, you can't usually do them. cut pieces of paper out and glue sticks and finger paint. Exactly. So it's like thinking a whole new way, learning all these different um, digital. Yeah. Learning Google classroom and all this digital stuff and screencasting and, I mean, it's nice. It's good. I like how it's kind of forcing me to, to learn new things, but it's kind of a pain in the butt too, because it's taking a long time. I think next year at this time, I mean, as everything gets back to normal, I think next year at this time, you'll look back that you've learned a lot that you can teach kids in the classroom through mm -hmm. the virtual learning that you're doing right now. So I think it'll be good in the long, in the long run. Yeah. And our district kind of came out with the, their plan and the and there's going to be like three blocks of time where the kids have during the day that the kids have to um, have to log on and we'll do a certain amount of live teaching and then we'll give them things to do, you know, offline after that. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So it's coming together. We have Carrie here. Carrie, can you introduce yourself where you're from? Age, date of birth. Social security number. Well, I'm like you said, I'm Carrie Snyder. I'm from Longview, Texas currently. Here probably next month I'll probably be relocating to Bossier, Louisiana for work. I started flying fixed wing back in ninety eight, I think. And just got tired of fixed wing and got into cars and trucks. Did that for four or five years, and then I decided I wanted to fly again. Nice. Went and bought a uh, blade CP. And I've taught myself how to fly with that. Oh. And uh, I flew it for, I don't know, two years. Got burnt out on it. Got back into cars and trucks. Came back to it. And from there, it's just been a fun learning curve. And, yeah. I mean, I'm still pretty well self-taught. Yeah, nice. Blade CP is not easy to fly. So that, That's what I've been told. That. But even, even still, when I go back to it, it's not that bad. Oh. <laughs> Other yeah. than the tail. Yeah, you just don't realize how how hard stuff is in the beginning, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Or how much we don't know in the beginning. But, yeah, it's it's been a fun ride. Nice. Yeah, Kerry goes to most all Texas events, Oklahoma events. He's been to a couple this year up in this uh, Louisiana area. event? Yeah, Louisiana, he hits all those. Sometimes he drives a motorcycle. Yeah. I'm probably the only one that goes to a fly-in on a motorcycle. Yeah, a motorcycle and a trailer. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I win a helicopter at the fly-in and still have room to carry it home. Barely. <laughs> <laughs> Barely did. But Kerry's a, I would call him a sport 3D flyer. Um, he has gasters. He has an assortment of helicopters, that's for sure. Normally, he picks up some. He's got some old DT helicopters he got off of us. Yeah. He's got, he's got an assortment for, for sure. Nice. Line SAB, JR, Oxy. You should have picked up that Curtis heli that I put on the chat the other day. 
I guess you missed it. But there was uh, a, I guess so. There was a guy on Heli Freak that had a Curtis Youngblood Rave 90 uh, No Blades airframe canopy for 120 bucks. Oh, man. Yeah. That would have made a great grouser. I, I put it in the chat. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't know if my buddy Vince bought it or not, but I sent him the message too. He hasn't said anything if he got it or not, but it's sold. But I was like, man, I should just buy it just to have it so I could sell it to one of my buddies that hasn't pulled the trigger. <laughs> Because <laughs> yeah. the canopy alone is worth 120 bucks, so dude, you can still buy parts for them all day long. So, yep, that's true. So that's Kerry. I'll go over what I've been doing this week, and then we'll touch back on Kerry again, what he's been doing this past year since he's new to the show. Um, so I went over last week. I had the KDS 7.2, which the tail servo was stripped out on the Maiden. So I got the tail servo servo gears in. Pulled the servo apart and all the gears look good. Everything looked normal. I didn't see any bent pins. The top of the servo where the pin goes was good. It wasn't wallered out. and Everything looked good, so I put it back together and with the old gears and went to the field and flew it and the gears stripped out again and pirouette landed it and then took it home and I changed all the gears on it. Took all the old gears, all the old pins out. I don't know if one of the pins was bent or everything looked good. Took it back out to the field, put a full flight on it. Everything was good, normal. <clears throat> and then the next day I went to fly it and it was doing some pirouette pitch bumps before I flipped it or did anything. And the one way let go. <laughs> hmm. So landed that. Luckily I had another one way here. So I got the one way changed out and then I flew it. Yesterday I went to fly it and it's holding up, but I'm still flying it cautiously <laughs> we can say yeah yeah so that's back together and it's it flies really well it's a it's a large presence helicopter because the canopy is so large on it and the boom is large um, i like it i need to get some new saddle packs for it the spider batteries that i reheat shrinked kind of barely fit being puffed up so I need to get some some new batteries to build a saddle saddle pack system but I kind of want to make sure the helicopter is going to hold up before if I plow the machine in and then have saddle packs, then I wasted my time on buying them. So need to, to test that out and make sure the helicopter is going to hold up good. Uh, the oxy three that I plowed into the concrete and put into pieces is now back together. I got it rebuilt. The ESC is still sitting blown up. I stole the ESC out of the Innova. The motor's working with the shortened wires. I ended up putting an E-bar in it just because I don't have an E-bar. I mean, I don't have a brain available or a sat available for it. So the only thing I could do is put a Spectrum in it, the DX7 and an E-bar. So I've got that put in. Did some testing on that the other day and had the tail blades reversed on one of the blades. So... <laughs> It actually flew pretty well, but I had a little bit of the tail was acting a little different. So got that resolved and trying to get the E-bar set up a little bit better. I still think the brain too is better feeling, better locked in feeling. I've been trying to adjust the E-bar, just messing with parameters and stuff that I normally wouldn't mess with since it's a smaller heli. I still can't get it to feel as robotic as I want. It's neither here nor there, but it's 
back in the air and flying. We'll see. Uh, the three printer came in, got that set up over the COVID lockdown stuff that I was in. I did get some TS 100, um, soldering iron ends printed. I actually need to send one to you, Carrie. I printed right. about three of them. It makes it so holding the iron itself, the TS 100 feels a lot more like a regular soldering iron instead of like a pencil. So, and it just slides into the iron itself and it's pretty tight. So cool. Enjoying that printed a bunch of other junk and crap and stuff that's not needed, but I got it set up and everything's rocking and rolling. Learning curve has not been as steep as I expected, but it's still a tough learning curve in my opinion. Got during, during the lockdown, a buddy of mine, Vic brought over, he had like three or four KK one tens that he got from a doctor in Waco or someplace or something. But he had, he had a Futaba radio to fly him on and he didn't know how to set that up. So I got that set up and was doing just some KK one ten hovering stuff in my backyard, just hovering pyro practices and stuff. It, it's really not a bad helicopter for hovering practice stuff with no wind. I think flying it around, it's super loose in my opinion, as far as like the flight controller and it's a small helicopter, but I was happy with it. It let me at least fly around in my backyard while I was like in lockdown and couldn't leave the house. So I'm appreciated for him giving that to, to me to fix. Uh, the other thing on the list was the logo 550 that I bought that was crashed. It came in. It's in, Decent shape. One of the frames on the bottom where the skids mount is broke off, but it's not, it's not horribly bad, but it's not perfect. I probably am going to JB weld it back together until I actually get a good crash on it. Missing links, the main shaft spent, the feather shaft spent. It does have the Speedix uh, tail upgrade on the tail, which is cool, but you can only use that with the 22 millimeter boom. I kind of want to go to a 25 millimeter boom on it, but we'll see right now. I ordered some parts on heli freak from a guy. It was just a, just some spare parts that he had. So I got those ordered. Those should come in. I'll probably make another order after I get those in just trying to like hold off on making an order and having to do two or three orders at this point. You know how that normally goes. You order something, you get it in, you think you have everything, you start rebuilding the helicopter and then, all of a sudden you're missing this or that or the other. So yep. <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying to hold off until I get his parts in and kind of at least do a full assessment of the helicopter itself, but it looks good. I don't know what I'm going to use as far as if I'm going to strip a helicopter down or what motor I'm going to use. I still think I'm probably going to pull, the KDS A5 apart because it has full size servos. Um, the motor's a Scorpion motor that'll work in it. So all, all of that should bolt in place. So I'm probably going to drop the A5 apart and just see what the logo feels like before I decide to sell the A5 or not, but maybe thinking to sell the A5, but not a hundred, hundred percent on it at this point. So the other thing I got was Kenny had the OMP M2 helicopter the direct drive one mm -hmm. so got that in from kenny since i was in lockdown um 
he wanted me to set that up on my DX7 because he has a DX7 also. This is the original DX7. Got that set up. He was having issues with the swash tilting, but I believe it was just a the servo setup for the fly bottles itself. So got that set up and hovered. Hovered it in the backyard. It hovered good, but it's not really a small backyard flying helicopter because it does have quite a bit of power and it is larger. So I got that to the field this week and put some flights on it. It flies really smooth and quiet because of the double motors. Obviously, you can hear the tail motor chit-chatting back and forth because the gain, just the way it controls the, the pyro and stuff itself. But the helicopter flies good, has plenty of power. Um, the one thing I don't like on it, and I don't know if Kenny's, I'm going to let Kenny fly it and give it back to him and get his opinion on it, but I believe the tail is not holding good. It doesn't have enough holding power. I don't know if that if there's a upgraded tail blade you can bolt on it, but in flipping and doing pirouetting maneuvers like stationary, the tail does perfect. There's no issues. But when you get into a fast forward flight and you try to pirouette the tail against like the wind or the forward momentum of the helicopter, when you try to pirouette it to the right, it just stalls out. It doesn't have enough torque to counter the forward momentum of the wind. If that makes any sense. And there's not like you, you can't, you can't adjust the slider or, or, I mean, it's just a motor. There's nothing, there's nothing you can really change when it, mm -hmm. when it, when it runs out of its RPM or throttle on the tail to hold the, hold the tail, it just blows out. With that being said, if, if you're a left pirouetting person, cause I'm a right pirouetting person, if you're a left pirouetting person, you may never even come across or feel that, that problem or that issue in my opinion. Be it that I pure right, I extremely extremely picky when it comes to like tail holding power and so forth and so on. That's about it on my list that I went through. Kind of ran through a little bit, but I've got a got a lot of stuff to work on. I got a little bit of stuff off of the workbench. Happy getting the KDS seven point two off of the part workbench and the Oxy three back together. So really happy about getting those back in the air and least be able to tune them and fly them and not have to see them sitting on the bench in pieces. Yeah. That's always a good thing mm. for sure. Brent. Yep. What's your helicopter two weeks have been like? Oh, let's see. I haven't done any flying, just things, family things have come up and just haven't been able to get out, but I did get a chance the last two weeks. Um, I started building, remember, the Strike 7, the Soxel Strike 7. I had the mainframe yes. built uh, last podcast. So this past, or a week ago, on Saturday, I went to my buddy Cliff's house, and he, his wife was gone, so he was kind of bored, and he's like, hey, why don't you bring it over, and we'll, we'll finish it up. So I went over there a few days last weekend, uh, built the head and the tail and everything. And then I went back there on Friday and we got all the wiring figured out and um, got a test flight on it. So I ended up, I ended up getting rid of the, I was going to use my castle 160. I had a castle 160 I was going to use on it, but my buddy um, had a hobby wing 130. 
And he's like, hey, you should use this instead. Go ahead and sell your 160. So I ended up selling the 160 and gave him the money and I got his 130. So 130 is a, I wouldn't call it a, the difference between the 130 and 160 is obviously 30 amps. Mm-hmm. Mm, but the 130, I've, I've used the 130 on, I believe I had it on the A7 at one point. And it's really good, but you start pushing a machine in the summertime, then it's going to be on the edge. But I think yeah, the 160, because I have a 160 right now on the KDS 7.2. Mm-hmm. And just be it that it's a heavier helicopter, it's it's makes it a little bit more taxing on the ESC. Gotcha. But I think in, in your case, the 130 has a BEC on it. The wiring's a lot cleaner. The governor works it's night and day better than the Castle 160, in my opinion. Yeah, it was. it's a really nice unit. And the one he gave me has a fan, so that will help out. And I don't really fly my my heli is too hard anyway. So I probably won't even come close to its max peak, you know, and just but make a note, like when it's super hot outside, if maybe fly it a little easier or fly without the canopy on or something. Yeah. Yeah. And the canopy is pretty cool. The way they have the canopy, it doesn't have any uh, canopy studs, you know, that usually you have the holes in the canopy and, you know, and you put it in like that, it just has magnets in the back and then has the little lip in the front. And you just stick the canopy in the front first, and then it, the magnets go together on this piece of carbon fiber. So the magnets are 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 fiberglassed into the canopy. There's not a hole. No, no, they're in the canopy itself, nice. and then they have two holes on each side, two small holes. And so on that carb, there's a carbon fiber piece on the boom that has where you had to glue in a uh, magnet in the middle, and then you have two um uh, what do we call them just like uh little spikes that that go in and so when you put it on you just make sure those spikes go in the holes and then it just snaps together there is there a lot of things i've read online a lot of people put a piece of velcro um under the back of the canopy because i guess if you're doing backwards backwards flying, fast. yeah yeah if you're doing fast flying like that it, it can and it has come apart but for me right now i don't really i'm not really worried about it because i'm not to yeah, that yeah. point in my flying yet yeah so eventually i'm gonna add something back there for uh extra protection but right now i'm not too worried about it carrie have you ever seen a, a saxos Strike seven? Not in person. I've I've looked them up on online, but I haven't got to see one in person yet. Okay. I was just wondering. I haven't seen one in person either. The, the build came out really clean in the wiring. They they made it so the wiring's really easy to hide. So it's one of my cleaner looking helis. <laughs> Good. Yep. So nice. and also when I was over at my friend's house, we were talking and he uh he used to have two uh, T-Rex 700s, like the 700L Dominators. And he had crashed one of them and he had replaced it with the XL Power 700. I had the Gowie X70 and he was interested in that. And I was thinking, well, you know, with my T-Rex 500, I go out, I'm not worried about it. I know I have parts for it. So that's like my beater heli. So I was like, you know what? You know, would you want to just do a frame swap? So I could get the, the Align 700, comes with a ton of parts, 
So this is a Dominator? Yeah, it'd be not the new versions, but it'd be like the 700L uh, with, the, with the black side yeah. runners. Yep. Uh, so he has, you know, the one full heli, and then he has most of the parts to rebuild the second heli. Oh, nice. So, yeah, so we ended up making a deal on that. So I gave him my Gowie X7, and he took all the electronics out, and he's going to put the electronics into the 700 so just waiting for that to happen yeah battery trays on those are the only thing that's a little expensive i think they're like 45 dollars a tray yeah he has at least two i know that or maybe yeah so it's it's going to be like my beater 700 so my socks also is going to be like my baby so i'm not gonna try things with that (laughs) yeah hanger queen yeah my hanger queen yeah it'll still be flying it but the the t-rex my two t-rex helicopters will be like my main flyers to try new things on and get used to flying a 700 size heli and it's good that he knows he knows that machine in and out so if i get into trouble he'll be able to help me put it back together and show me different things about it so yeah it's a pretty straightforward helicopter they haven't they haven't changed a bunch no it's all based off of the 700 nitro machine pretty much i mean there's tweaks here or there but they're solid yeah so i thought oh, it might be a good idea just because my t-rex or my uh Gowie, i wasn't really flying too hard and i don't i do have some guys close that would help me if i crashed but they're like two hours away so That's it's kind of like you know yeah, it's a good trade-off and he wanted to try something different anyway yeah. he was kind of done with he's to the point where in his flying, he's kind of done with a line. He's trying to move on to different. He wants to do something different. Yeah, different brands. He's had them for like six, seven years. So he's he was ready to move on. So we'll see how that goes uh, once it gets put together. So did you get the Saxos finished? Yep, the Saxos is finished. Uh, we went out by his house and did a test hover. Uh, when we first started it up, it was like the one-way bearing in the head wasn't seated or something because it just kind of whipped around the whole heli whipped around kicked up a rock and nicked my new blades so i was kind of pissed about that man yeah but i was like oh well it happens and so we were kind of he was a little worried because i had him test flying it for me just because he's you know he has more he's better at flying so if anything went catastrophic he he can auto it down a lot better than i can so that we were like oh that's weird so then we tried it again and this time it worked fine. It was like, I don't know what it, ha- what that was that first time, but uh, the second time we went up, it was fine. It's just, we didn't put any expo in. So I guess it was like pretty quick for even him. Uh, so he was like, Oh man, this is quick. So we brought <laughs> it down. <laughs> yeah. We, we brought it down, put in some expo and then did one more little test flight and it was good. The only thing we need to work on or I need to work on, is in a punch out the tail was was uh pitch kicking out yeah Yeah. it was kicking out yeah so we're gonna have to work on that and go through the hobby wing and and do a few things here and there but i'll do that next weekend and by the next recording i should have some flights on it so i can give you guys a little bit more about how it flies so what equipment do you have in the helicopter itself so i have the i think it's a 45 30 uh 540p 
KV. It's the um, Scorpion speed record motor. That's okay. what I had gotten from somebody on Holly Freak. And then I have that Hobby Wing 130. Nice. I have expert servos, um, the old expert nice. servos. And then oh, I have... Are those like, the are those the plastic case orange and black ones? They're the red servos. Um, I guess it's, it could be an orange. <laughs> it's like red and black or orange and black. It's kind of like that kind of color. Are they plastic um, case or metal case? Uh, they're metal case. Okay. I can't remember the model, but they're they're an older version. Um, and then I have a KD1T on the on the tail. So, oh, the call law. Yeah, yep. So, and yeah, then I'm running brake too. The, of course, you, sh- you should be able to run the gain up on on that tail and fix that wagon. But we'll yeah, we yeah we were running out of sunlight um, uh, on Friday, so so we didn't have time to play with it. Yeah. And then I wasn't able to get out this weekend, but next weekend definitely I'm gonna bring it out. And we're gonna work on the on the tail and get it all set. And you said you had a, a brain two on it. Yep, yep, brain two on it. Nice. And so, the radio you're using is uh, Spectrum DX8 still. Spectrum DX8. Yeah. Nice. And the blades are. They are those MS Composite Rapid blades. Um, they saw them on Aero Panda. Um, they kind of match the heli because they have that lime green or mm, yeah. fluorescent yellow on them. Like right so at the kinda, tip. Yeah, it looks really cool. They're very wide cord blades, though. We were looking at them compared to like his rails and um, his rotor techs. So they're more of a wide cord blade than those other ones. I know another wide cord blade. What's that manufacturer, carry? KBDD. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, carries a might be sponsored by them might not be sponsored by them oh it's official now no it's official yep the the uh the the test came back positive (laughs) yeah of course (laughs) yep so brent you got anything else before we move on to carry or no no that's it for me for now line 700 and yeah we've got some buy and sell from you later that we'll go over yep Kerry doesn't normally sell much. He's uh, no, I don't. He, he uh, definitely is a uh, person when he wins stuff at Fun Flies that he keeps what he wins and uses it. Good man. <laughs> He's a good I've, I've got roughly twenty plus helicopters, and every mm-hmm. single one of them pretty well get flown all the time. Nice. Yeah, he's a. He's not biased. No. <laughs> he loves. He loves everything. For if it sure. flies, I'll fly it. So what have you been doing this year, Carrie? You've been a little busy. Man, a little busier than Trying me. to catch as many fly-ins as I can. It, with, well, a lot of them I've been going to this year have been unofficial fly-ins. But <laughs> even still, just getting to fly with friends is more than anything. That's yeah, true. you're up there east of Dallas, right? Yes. Or, yes. Oh, just east of Dallas. About two hours. So what? So what events or can you say what events you've went to? Uh, I went to one uh, south of Duncan, Oklahoma, right on the Red River. It was just a bunch of friends getting together to fly. I got an invite from some of our friends in Austin, and went up there, met with them, and we had a fantastic time. And I, God, there was always an aircraft in air. All the time. Nice. 
And the only thing I wished was we had light plants there to keep going in the night. Or or even your spotlights. The spotlights, yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah. Yeah, but, the spot, uh, spotlights we have are... I think Sloan and I've got them for like 75 bucks a piece and then you need a battery and it ends up being about 110, $120 total investment. I mean, if they work so good, you could just run a power, a 12 volt power supply and a long, long cable and you wouldn't need a battery generator, yeah. you know, but yeah, if you want the link, I'll send it to you. Shoot. Other than that, shoot. All I've been doing is just flying here at the field when I get a chance, uh, the the I work for Halliburton, and they closed the yard down that I worked at. So that's put a pretty good halt on flying all the time. I'm having to drive an hour back and forth. I used to fly every day after work. Really? And uh, now I'm choked down to just the weekends, and choked down I'm not liking down. it. <laughs> just the weekends. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, July fourth. Our same Austin friends invited me to uh, Wichita Falls, Texas. Went up there and enjoyed the 4th of July there. And again, it was just just flight after flight after flight. It was just awesome. It's good that you guys are getting out. Come nighttime, shoot, it wasn't even dark yet. And they started blowing off fireworks. And it, <laughs> I kid you not, the horizon was solid fireworks in a 360-degree view. Whoa. And I think we ended up going to bed about 2.30 that night, and they were still nonstop fireworks. Artillery shelled, all the big ones. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have never seen a firework show like that. Them Texas boys. <laughs> wow. But, man, it, it was it, – it, that was a great time. Do you have a night machine set up yet? Not yet. The, the closest thing to a night machine I have is the Curtis Youngblood Stingray. The Oh yeah, quadcopter, but I haven't had it flying in a couple of years now. I've just been lazy getting parts for it. Yeah, you need to uh, get with Vince the next time he makes an order from Japan. Uh, honestly, I've got a uh, I've got a DT seven hundred hanging in my trailer. That that oh. is what it's destined to be. Hold on, hold on one second. Look like we got a we got a straggler jumping in here. Oh really? Yeah, we may have a straggler. A special guest? We have a special guest on? Mid-episode special guest. <laughs> Who could it be? I don't know. I'll have to wait and see. It's connecting, so. Special guest, are you there? Was he here? I don't know. We'll see if the special guest chimes in later. He's privately listening to us, but <laughs> he's creeping in the background. He's creeping in the background. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it might take him a while to figure out how to get the audio to work, but we'll see if he interrupts us. Cool. I did interrupt. Oh, did. oh there he is. <laughs> I was waiting for you to connect it. Yeah, I was. Uh, I didn't see it. We're busy with, you know, conversating. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what can I say? So Kerry was going over his week when uh, Kenny interrupted abruptly. <laughs> do we have Kerry on the phone? Sure do. Let's be Kerry Snyder. Hey, man. How are you doing? Doing great. Got to fly today. 
Well, you did more than fly, didn't you? Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> I crashed too today. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, it was in a good way. Awesome. Vince would call that practicing crashing. Well, you, you know, I've, I've watched Kenny uh, do 380 autos for a while, and I just, for some reason, I decided to try it today. And I managed to do two of them on my Goblin 380 today. The third one was a sweet sliding auto. And then at the end, it, it tipped over and it, uh, boomstruck. Oh. <laughs> yeah. You're not doing sliding autos in a, on a grass field, are you? Sure I am. <laughs> with, a carbon, <laughs> with, with the carbon fiber skids of the 380. Nope. The the plastic uh, flippers. Oh, the plastic flippers. Mm. Yes. Be oh, it was a sweet sliding auto. <laughs> right until you. <laughs> I was proud of it. <laughs> and those flippers probably dig in just like, you know, cleats. It, it's actually the, the, the nose deal on it that digs in. Oh, the nub at the front? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it had a big old wad of grass underneath the nose of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can see how that nose would dig in. But, but so the definition of a sweet sliding auto has a crash at the end of it. Is that correct? Yeah, That's yeah, pretty much what he said. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> but uh, it didn't hurt the helicopter. I mean, it it got the tail boom and the tail push rod and the servo horn, and that is it. Everything else is perfectly fine. So I lucked out. Nice. But it was still exciting. I autoed a 380 for the first time today. Hey, Carrie. Yes. Do yourself a favor and, and stretch that one to a, a uh, 420. That That is the plan. In fact, I've got BK Hobbies up right now. The shopping <laughs> cart. <laughs> yeah, that, that model will become a different machine with the when you stretch it out. Slap some good old KBDD blades on there, and they'll be even better. Do they make KBDD blades that are in 420? 425s. Sure. I've I've got some on my uh my Gowie GX4. I'm I'm gonna test okay. fit them and see if they'll if they'll clear. Okay. Nice. I know it's gonna be close, but we'll see. Yeah, you could sand the blades off a little bit. Get a millimeter or two clearance. Yeah. Just wait Those till the blades don't need to be that long. <laughs> what motor are you going to run with that? Probably the same one. I'm running the Turek 930 in it. X Nova. All right. You'll probably want a little bit more motor in that. All righty. Would be my guess. That That's what I did. Uh, Richard may even remember that. When I first got my 380 and stretched it into a 420. I left the same X Nova motor, the, the Turek 930 KV, I, I think. And the model flew fine. It just didn't have the punch. Okay. Well, I put punch in it by changing the motor. I don't, I don't, I don't, know, know, if, I don't know if you would notice it, Carrie. Um, probably the way I fly, probably not. I, I noticed it in like, aggressive TikToks, you could hear it start loading up, but I, I, I wouldn't jump and just change it right off the bat. I, I would fly it and see, okay. see what you think. I wouldn't jump right off the bat since it's so easy to change out later. Yeah. I don't, I don't see that it wouldn't yeah. swing them. 
So, of course, after flying the fireball, everything's underpowered. <laughs> you have a fireball also? Yep, I bought it from Kenny. Mm. You wasn't supposed to tell anybody that. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> I wear that little thing out. <laughs> Yeah, I, f- I flew it once. I think I flew it. It was it's good. It was a little on the heavy side for what it was. Yeah, but we were doing back-to-back flying Oxy-3 comparisons. So. Yes, we were. Was- I don't know. To, to me, flight-wise, the, the 380 feels heavier in the air than the Fireball does. That will change whenever you put 420s or 25s. It, yeah. And it'll probably auto better, Carrie. Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking too. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. But we we had a great down runway wind today. That was just perfect for uh, autos. I mean, it was straight down the runway, and I'm like, it's a great day for autos. And I'm like, I don't have any big big birds with me, so might as well do it with 380. I've seen it done, so I know it can't. It's possible. And uh, so I managed to get two and three quarters done. It's a, it's definitely a start. I think autoing a, a three size heli is a lot of fun. I've done it on the MSH two hundred dollar version. I've done it on. I used to do it on line four fifties. It's just a lot of fun. I, I think a lighter model would would probably be a lot more fun than the Goblin three eighty. You probably got a little more float to it. Yeah, but you don't have the weight to restart the inertia to get it to really cook on the head speed. I I feel like on the Protos 380, when I do auto rotations, I have to really fight to get the head speed to, to really cook. I have to pull a, a, a lot of negative. Yeah. But I do have a little bit more in the bottom end of the auto as far as like letting it float. But I don't. I don't That's, do them all the time. I just do them when I'm stupid. <laughs> I, I need to learn uh, how to throttle my head speed better in autos. Yeah, it's a momentum. It's a forward. You always end up getting too much forward momentum, like you did, and I end up doing like long sliding autos with it. Yeah. Because I have the forward momentum, I don't do like stop autos like i was trying to do inverted autos what at, at apache pass last year Just yeah keep trying to crash <laughs> kenny's done a couple i've done some <laughs> the last time i did a inverted auto with the 380 though it ended up in broke frames <laughs> bent main shaft bent feathering shaft broke boom uh broke blades broke 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 quite a bit of stuff actually is that how it became a 420 <laughs> no no that was the msh the on the sab 380 when i had it the the reason why it became a 420 is we were out at apache pass and i was going to let richard fly the model And I, I spooled up and I started to lift off when all of a sudden 
the model rolled to the right and it messed up some stuff. Anyway, it turned out that one of the servo wires were still, I'm not we're sure where it where it, it rubbed, but it rubbed something. I didn't catch it. And it shorted out and that servo quit working. Obviously it went right into the ground. Dang. And so that's when it became a 420. <laughs> and a lot more care was given to route the servo wires. Well, to my knowledge, out of the time I've been flying helicopters, this is the first official boom strike I've had. So. Well, the, the 420, in all seriousness, was probably my overall most favorite small helicopter small-ish, I know that they're smaller, that I had ever owned. I flew the pants off of that thing. Oh, yeah. Last year, I don't know if you remember this, Carrie, my, I don't know that Richard was out there. I think Richard had to go back early because he had to go to work or go do something. When I started night flying that model, which was the first time I've had that model in a night fly, I flew it as if it was daylight flying. We had both generators out and I flew it fast. That's one thing about the, the 380 stretched into a 420. It was just fast. But now I had a, a hotter motor in it and the, the blades were the SAB 420s. Yeah. BK didn't make the 420s. The model was just hot. It was, I could drive that thing all the way to the ground and then just punch it and it'd pull right out. Yeah. But I had several comments on from people commenting about how fast that model was. Yeah, right now my fight, my Goblin 500 is my speed machine. If I can't keep it out of the ground, <laughs> well, it it was one of them deals where I crashed it a couple of months ago. I finally got it rebuilt. Had two flights on it, and the tail exploded on it, and it went right back in, tore up the same jump. Oh no! <laughs> yeah. Happens. And I mean, the, the tail just separated the, I guess the, the screws pulled out the spindle and it, it just ejected from the helicopter. It made one heck of a pop. And, uh, <laughs> I, I tried my best to auto it in. I, I lost one blade, bent the main shaft, bent the feathering shaft. Uh, uh, the motor mount was bent. Other than that, the rest of the helicopter's fine. Nice. So it'll be on the rebuild stand before long. Cool. And my 500's my speed machine. I've actually had it clocked at uh, 97 miles an hour. And I had some pretty soft blades on it at that time. So if I would have had better blades, I would have outran the 700 I was racing. You were racing? Yes. How are you racing? Well, uh, we had we had a uh, radar out in the middle of the field, and we were uh, – Doing speed runs past the radar. Mm. And, uh, the uh, 700 ran 107. I ran uh, 97 that day. You, that was, it, was that the speed you running out to pick up the helicopter? No, no. <laughs> no, that, that day it stayed out of the ground. But So your record for the fastest helicopter is 107, you said? 97. 97. I believe that was Blair out of Louisiana. I think he was flying the 700 that did 107. Mm. That's cool. 
and, and the hard part was was lining up to the radar gun it, to get it to even register. That was the hard part. Yeah, you have to get it really close. Uh, I remember Joe when we were doing events at ARCA. That it was difficult. It was almost like the guy holding the radar gun was putting his life at risk trying to get closer to it. Yes. Well, well, we did have a picnic table turned on its side for him to hide behind. That's better than Joe had at that point. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, shoot, these things are too much fun. But yeah, pretty much, I mean, like today, I was doing those 380 autos. I was just wanted to try something new. And I, I really wasn't feeling it flying today. I, I, I just, it just wasn't in my brain to fly well today. And it happens. I, I was shocked I even pulled off two safe autos with it. So, well, at least you, you actually tried, right? That's the biggest yeah. thing. It's like you didn't. Yeah, that, that just means I'm an improving. There's, uh, there's crashing, like your tail exploded and you crashed. And then there's crashing. Yeah trying new stuff or different stuff or fun stuff. And I believe that there, there's those two differences in the crashing are, are way different. But either way, the two between the two, I, I still don't care. I had fun <laughs> doing both of them. <laughs> you had fun doing both of them. I, I yeah. hate crashing when I have a mechanical failure, unless I'm, unless I hear something and I can't figure out what it is. And I said, I'm just screwed. I'm just going to fly it until it explodes and we'll figure out what it is. But having a mechanical failure out of the blue, I completely hate. I, I do not like that at all. I, uh, the only crashes I don't like are the ones you can't figure out why it crashed. Yeah. Whether it was a dumb thumb or a mechanical failure, but you can't tell. Those are yep. the ones I don't like. Same here. Same here. Yeah. That is true. My last crash that I had, which was fairly significant, actually very significant, actually very significant, actually is really, really expensive. <laughs> <laughs> it was a, there was, it was not a mechanical issue. It was not a servo issue. It was not a Well, it was not a flight control system issue. The issue was, as I was running Fataba, and I had an S-Bus 2 receiver, and I put it on the S-Bus 2 output for the signal line. And the S-Bus 2 output is, is uh, more specified for telemetry. I should have just ran the, or I, I should have put it in the S-Bus output. Anyway, it lost signal because it has to talk back and forth. There's a lot more technical detail to how that works. Um, and I'm not the expert. I just have, I have the knowledge. I have a knowledge base on what I did wrong. Anyway, when that model went into the ground, it was full pop, 2200 head speed like to run on its side. <laughs> on its side and when it went in it went in hard it took out most of them the frame assembly T 
took out a, a it's just, uh, let's HRB. Just, let's just stop and say what it didn't take out <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at this point. Okay. It'd Let be a think. lot faster. <laughs> Was there good parts left? <laughs> there are some bolts. There's some <laughs> washers. Yeah, that's cut. Yeah, some that's bolts, washers, battery straps. Honestly, if there was anything that was still good on that model, it was the the uh, tail output shaft, the the yoke. I think that's it because it didn't hit the tail. The, the yoke on the front of the torque tube and the yoke on the back of the torque tube. Right, because those were metal. Yeah. <laughs> Everything else between the frames. Aluminum got bent. Oh my God, it was. Bad. There's different ways of crashing. I mean, it's not every crash is going to be the same. That's for sure. Well, that is the worst one I've ever had. Mm. Ever. It was almost fence post. Bad. Uh, close. Well, the fence post was. That was a good. $550 in crash parts. And it wasn't even mine. It wasn't a fence post. It was a fence. Fence itself. We'll go over that eventually. <laughs> yeah, I didn't pay for the we fence. We have a show topic over best crashes that we're going to hit probably soon. I think, awesome. I think we'll go over best, bestest crashes ever. <laughs> That'd be a good show topic. I've got a couple. I've got a couple. Got a couple doozies, as Kenny would say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, Carrie, we'll, we'll ask you some questions. Um, we don't have a list of them here in front of us, but what radios do you fly? We'll we'll just drop questions off the blue here for you, and you can respond as you will. All right. So we'll start off with what kind of radios that do you fly? Uh, I fly the JR28X. Some I've got an XG14 as well that I fly on, like my park flyer helis and stuff. You that was an XJ14. What was that? Uh, XG14. XG14. Yeah. You have a 28X. Yes, I do. A 28X. That's like that. A 28X. That mythical thing that you see in the sky. You know, that's uh, you don't see very often. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And in my mind, the best radio ever produced. <laughs> now, now, seriously, now, 28X, how many channels do you use? 28. I have used up to 18 on a three-digit flight controller, but I couldn't keep up with what I programmed all the rest of the channels for. 18 channels? <laughs> yes. In a three-digit, you can assign any, any uh, parameter to a channel to adjust it. Any anything in the three digit. Oh really? And uh, I, I'm like, well, let's see how many I can do. And I got up to eighteen, <laughs> and I just got tired of assigning stuff to switches. <laughs> wow. Yeah, but for the most part, I only use six or seven, whatever the minimum are. Do you ever find the radio overkill? No, because it's the best. Okay. <laughs> I'm not no. trying to put you on the spot. No, sometimes. I'm, I'm not trying to put you on the spot, Carrie. I get it. I do. No, no it, it's, I don't know. If you've ever flown one, the, the feel of the gimbals is just, 
what sells me on it. It, it it's just so smooth and so precise. It, it, you just feel more connected to your model. The the resolution of the transmitters unbelievable. So is the radio still supported? Yes. Well, it, the the twenty eight X has been discontinued, but it. I mean, as far as receivers, everything else is full support. Okay. And where do you go to get any th the uh, receivers, or if you had to get the radio worked on, who do you go to now? Uh, actually, JR themselves, dforce.net. So, and you can get you can get servos, receivers, transmitters. They're helicopters. They've even brought in fixed wing. So, dforce.net. Yes. Okay. So if I wanted to go out and buy a 28X, I couldn't do that? Uh, no, no. It, uh, the only way you can get a 28X today is used. I've heard rumors that there is a new one in development, but I haven't seen anything in a long time. Hmm. I, don't know, I don't know if that project's still alive or not, but... I actually like the the x11 best the jr yeah. x11 that's was one of my that it, that is currently called a t44 and it is still in production but it's no longer spectrum based it is uh jr dmss what was that again ts44 uh t44 okay d force yeah i was d i was spelling it wrong myself <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting here Googling, trying oh, to add stuff to the show notes. Uh, it's, yeah. it's D as in dog, echo, echo, F-O-R-C-E dot net. <laughs> I was coming up with all kinds of weird stuff, and I was like, I can't find it. <laughs> <laughs> I should have thought about that. I was telling a guy at the RC field today about it and had to spell it out for him. I, I didn't even think. Yeah, I kept typing random stuff. Yeah, they have a lot of radios here. So are you sponsored? No. Maybe someday, but not currently. I'm I'm sponsored by somebody else, but not by JR. Well, you should be sponsored by JR. Oh, it's it's in the dreams. It's uh on the show topic. <laughs> yes. If we ever get off of carry. <laughs> <laughs> We have a lot of time left, though. So, Carrie, who so, are you sponsored by? KBDD Blades. And that that is fresh as of, I think, around March this year. So, awesome. Yeah. It, my, my very first spo sponsorship, and they approached me. So, it, I think I'm doing it the right way. That's good. That's good. So, we'll and, and I, do, I do enjoy their product. I've, I've been flying it longer than I realized, honestly. <laughs> and they're like, you've been, you've been purchasing from us since 1997. <laughs> it, yeah. Kind of, kind of deal. Yeah. That's funny. Do you pinch or thumb? I'm a pincher. More of a hybrid, really. So thumb on top, finger in front. Yeah. You don't, you don't use a tray though, right? You, or a no. strap or anything. You're just straight up. No. Hold the radio. I, I used to put the neck strap on uh during maidens but anymore i don't 
about the only time I use them is doing like a delta wing glider or something like that, or a hand launch aircraft. What's your favorite current heli, or what? What is your current favorite heli? I should say. Oh man, uh, I got to say it's my Goblin Five Hundred. Oh okay. Just out of everything in my fleet, that helicopter just flew right from day one. Me and that helicopter just have that connection. Yeah. Is it the original 500 or the Sport? Yes. yes. It's, it's, I think it, it was the year after they were released is when I oh, bought okay. it. Gotcha. Cool. And that, that's the one I, that had the tail explode the other day. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So, Carrie, uh, real quick, back to JR for just a second and going off of what Brent asked about favorite helicopter. Have you ever flown one of the JR models? Uh, I have flown the JR 450. It's a friend of mine, and uh, he wanted to do uh, scale helicopters, and he handed me this brand spanking new in the box XG 14 and a JR 4 is a 450, and said, "Here, make them fly." The the tape hadn't even been cut on the boxes yet. (laughs) I I said, "You realize what you're handing me?" He goes, "Yeah, I know you fly helicopters. Make them fly." I built them up, got it set up and everything for them. And the, the, the Forza 450 is a pretty sweet machine, even on 3S. And I know it can probably get better on 6S. Yeah, I, I had one of those Forza 450s when they first came out. I had ordered it and flew it and had a tail issue and crashed it, and you couldn't get parts. <laughs> and this one's still running the uh, the JR Mini Tags, their, their flight controller. And... It's doing great. They, in fact, D Force made an update for the flight controller just the other day. Really? And I haven't even finished tuning this one yet. Wow. Yes. I still have one of the little mini tags, and then the tag itself. Uh, shoot, I'm flying another mini tags on one of my DT five twenties. So, what is a mini tag? It is JR's flight control system. Okay, so it's a only JR correct adaptable it's JR flight proprietary controller. okay just i'm not i know they had something like that i didn't know exactly anything about it yeah that it it flies good it, it's pretty much just set it up set all your limits and throws and stuff and it pretty well just flies at least on a 450 is it a laptop based integration or uh, a data yeah pod yeah based? it's laptop based uh I mean, you could set it up just from the unit itself. Um, it's it's a lot like a, a Beast X. It you know it has a bunch of LEDs that you program by. So you can set it up with just the LED programming. Correct. Beast X style. And it's really not that difficult to set up. It it's. Plugging into the computer and getting your gains and the the deep deeper in programming that takes time. So, Carrie, in the D Force website, uh, on the far right hand side of all the icons, there is a Team JR Propo. That's it's under the More selection. And there's a link down at the bottom that says Contact Us. You should send them a a, a Contact Us. <laughs> Seriously. 
I actually did years ago. Okay, well, that was years ago. Uh, for for yeah, it's time to send them another. And one. I never heard anything back. But with 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 my current team, my team captain is part of Team Jr. Same. So now I I actually have the who knows who knows yeah yeah, yeah. I've, I've got I've got somebody in there that could possibly help help promote me in a well, sense there you go you should do that so I'm keeping my fingers crossed so all right uh so, Carrie what what kind of flight controllers have you flown or fly currently uh, I've flown B sticks I've flown Icon. But my flight controller choice is Spartan VX1E. I've flown a V-Bar Neo. Let's see, what else have I flown? You'd probably be faster like Kenny explaining what you haven't flown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, again, like you said earlier, I'm not biased. I'll fly anything. I remember back in... The VX1N, uh, is that right? Is that the right number? Yes. Uh, Spartan-wise, that was my favorite. The the E itself, and I don't know. There was some. There was a disconnect with me, but the N always seemed to work well. But that that's nitro based. I guess you could run that on electric, but it was it was designed around nitro. I, I honestly can't feel the difference between the two. And I've I've got an N on my ga on my uh, Whiplash Gasser. And uh, I can't tell the difference from it from the E. And it's unfortunate that that uh, I don't think that they support that product anymore. No, no. It what I have is what I have. If I catch one on the forums, I try to snatch it up. I don't think they need support. I believe that unit, in my opinion, nothing needed to be changed. It, yeah, it has integration to Jetty. It. You, you do the base programming and it just it flies. The only thing I had against it is that little data, data pod. Man, <laughs> that thing is hard to see. <laughs> but at the same time, it's so easy to carry around. Just stick it in your pocket sure. and do a quick change. And I wish they would have made that data pod as large as KDS made their data yes. pod. Or, or made two versions of it. A small and a big. Yeah. Yeah, that would have... I mean, I'd have, I'd, have, I'd have paid to have the larger one. Yeah, because I even fly the Spartan Pico on my Oxy-2 and uh, a Blade 180 CFX. And I'm, I'm using the Spartan Governor, everything on, on the smaller helis that the big helis fly. Yeah, they're really yeah. good units. Anybody else have any questions for Kerry? Touched on the major ones. Yeah, when are you coming down to Austin to come fly with us? Hopefully soon. I like. I miss y'all down there. We hadn't got the fly yet this I know. year. So uh, I don't know if you read this the other day, Richard, but the Ice House event is still a go at this point in time. We are planning forward for the Ice House event. Yeah, that date is awesome. what exactly? It is November the. Man, you just put me on the spot. The fifth. November fourth, fifth, something like that. It's the first week of November. Okay, it is the fourth, fifth, the fourth through the eighth. So Wednesday to Sunday, unofficially. Officially would probably be the fifth through the eighth. But obviously, if you guys know Apache Pass, you show up on Tuesday or so forth and so on. It's 
normally okay. You can help Mo pick up stuff, set stuff up if you show up early. Thanks for volunteering if you show up early. Yes, absolutely. Always. And we've already got some <laughs> stuff for the event. Yeah, we got some stuff from the uh, heli. Yeah, event. the heli event. I will probably go up in in uh, in this ice house event. We have some stuff from be cool. uh, yeah. Fataba from A Main, and is it next? Yep. Yeah, um, I think you made mention of that. Yeah, I think Carrie was working on some KB KBDD stuff. Yeah, and that he may have. I've got some uh, discount coupons from uh, Only Fine Helis, so that event is coming up first week of November. Is it November yet? <laughs> hey, hey! Before November, I mean, if if everybody wants to get together for a, you know, one or two day night fly, night fly, let's get it on. Dude, yeah. I have got I'm the gear for night flying. I don't know about the rest of you guys, but I've got the gear. From yeah, we need to work from on my that. models. I need to make that a priority. So we're done with Carrie. We'll move on to what Kenny's done, been doing. He just got back and kind of twisted his arm a little bit to get on here. hopefully he doesn't get too much trouble but well we missed last weekend but i flew i flew last weekend there's nothing spectacular no big explosions in the air or on the ground um, but it was hot again <laughs> yeah it's we, we did fly in austin last su sunday and uh, yeah, Kenny was texting me, Hey, I'm in Austin, come out and fly. And I'm like, Dude, I'm on lockdown. I may have COVID 19 in my house. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I texted him back like so rudely. I was like, I, I may have pissed him off. <laughs> uh, you'd never <laughs> piss me off, Richard. <laughs> so uh, I'm not trying yet. <laughs> no, the only thing I was worried about that is. I don't like wearing masks and you know, there's, it's, there's no secret behind it. And, uh, with Austin, it's the, you have to wear masks in public places in, in groups more than whatever it is inside businesses, inside convenience stores, inside grocery stores, out pumping your gas. And now, uh, if you're outside of your residence, you're supposed to wear a mask. <laughs> even outside even, even outside walking, taking a walk wow yeah they were talking about that and, and that they were going to start cracking down anyway so last sunday we went and flew in austin and i had my mask with me uh but everybody else is thinking the same thing because everybody spread out we were in underneath the barn and people didn't come over to the barn. They went and got their own individual tables. And so it worked out. I didn't see anybody out there with a mask. Um, and I saw people social distancing. And so it worked out. It was fine. But otherwise, Sunday was a good day of flying. Uh, like I said, no incidents. And then Sunday night, um, a very good friend of mine about eight o'clock at night sent me a text message and asked me if I would be interested in going to Port Mansfield to do some bay fishing. And I said, shoot, yeah, I would be. So 
on the Thursday morning early, I got up and I hooked them to Port Mansfield, which is 341 miles from here. And I've been fishing ever since, and I just got home a little bit ago. Uh, so I am worn out. But it, I don't know if you guys have ever done bay fishing or not. And I realize this is a helicopter show, but I had a blast. Oh, yeah. That was a lot of fun. I got a cousin that used to guide down in Rockport. Hey. And he took us out one time, and golly. <laughs> yeah. Well, if there's two hobbies that I truly enjoy. That's that's way down there, Kenny. It is. It's way down there. That That is... That's South Padre. Yes. I mean, it's it's north of South Padre, but it's only like 50, maybe 20 miles of South Padre. Well, you see, we were looking at South Padre by the time we got to where we were fishing at. Yeah, if y'all went south from... We went south. From, yeah. So, yeah, you, you guys were sitting there. But That's there good. was two boats, eight people all together, and... and we don't fish out of the boat. We, we wade fish. So we have weight belts, uh, and then, uh, boots. So we don't get stung by, by, uh, stingrays. Nice. Wade boots. We have all the gear and everything. We're in this case, I've, I've done it different ways, but this, in this, this time we were using live croaker and we put a little over 80 fish on the boat. Wow. Um, That's a lot of cleaning. It was a lot of cleaning. <laughs> That's good, though. It's good you got out. It is. It's Man, I love it. I, I truly do. I love bay fishing. But I, I've, It's just hard on... It's really hard on your back. It's just, oh, it is. It's You talk about an exercise. You know, it's, get out and exercise. Get out and exercise. My doctor tells me that. My wife tells me that. Uh, I know it. That's that's tough. That's it's tough. And when you start walking against water, and you always have that resistance, and you have the waves pushing up against you, and you're you're using all of your muscles, and then you've got a uh, fishing rod, and you're you're throwing. Yeah, it's it, it it is a lot of work, but it's in a good way. I had some some good weather at least. I don't think there was any hey, yeah, bad weather down there. We, uh, on the first night that I was there, it was pretty toasty. But the second night <laughs> that we were there and a front come in and I, I sat out there and cooked burgers on the grill. And we were out there at 10 o'clock at night eating burgers. And then on the next night, we were going to go eat. Actually, the first night was spaghetti. Second night was burgers. And then the third night, we were going to a place called the Pelican. And that was the first time that I saw the whole COVID-19 social distancing thing in effect down there. It's, I don't know, there it's a little bit different from other places where I saw people that went into stores without masks. Now, most of them had them, but I saw some that didn't. But when we got to the restaurant... It was well over an hour away. You could not sit inside the restaurant. You had to sit outside on the patio, which it was nice outside anyway. Um, the last two nights I was there, the, the temperatures were in the low 80s 
high 70s low 80s it was unreal that's awesome it was it was it was awesome I had a great time and now we're talking about going back again <laughs> <laughs> that's good that's good for maybe you. not to port good mansfield that's out. a long ways down there that's a drive that's a six hour drive i it, i i thought you just went to like port aransas or something no Port that's a six hour drive. Port Aransas is my next go to place. There's Yeah, that's a three hour there's drive. There's a place on Port Aransas. I just won. Uh, there's a place on Port Aransas. <laughs> it's called the, the Back Porch. And there's a couple of ladies that uh, work in the restaurant that, that feeds this place. And if you take them their fish, they will cook it for you. Well, we had uh, Black Drum and we had uh, Speck the day that we went over the last time, which was about three weeks ago. And uh, we had the Black Drum into, they, they cooked that into uh, Black Drum nachos. Oh my God. And then on the Speck, <laughs> they did Black and Speck and then we got Hush Puppies and French Fries and we sat out, we sat outside at the harbor, all the boats and stuff coming through there. Um, it was just, it was an awesome time. That's great. Anyway, fishing stories. Fishing <laughs> stories. That's all they are, stories. <clears throat> you got anything else, Kenny, before we move on? No, not really. That's, that's my life for the last two weeks. Yeah, I went over your OMP2, your OMPM2. We'll give it back to Kenny and see what he thinks about it. But Yeah, I got a very bad report this afternoon. Yeah, it was a bad review <laughs> I gave him. And based on that bad review, it is going to someone else most likely. Yeah, it, it, it flies like the tail ratio is about 3.4 to 3.6 in my opinion, but we'll see what Kenny thinks. It's, it's a smooth, great heli, but we'll see. We'll see. So main topic we were going to, let me get my paperwork out here. Do we have a main topic? Yeah, we're going to hit a main topic. If, if you need to step out, that's completely fine. Uh, main topic was going to be sponsorships, how to get them, how to make yourself stand out. We kind of hit a little bit on this with Carrie. The three ways you're going to get sponsored is you ask, you apply, or you get approached. Everybody agree with that? Yeah. Correct. So we'll check that one off. The next thing is who you know. You're going to have to know somebody that's sponsored or have somebody that's runs the team or you're going to have to know somebody. You're not going to be able to just be on Heli Freak or Facebook and posting stuff and get sponsored. It's going to be extremely difficult. You're going to have to know somebody on the team or on the team that you want to get sponsored on. Go ahead. I was just going to say that in the event that you don't know somebody, uh, 
having experience with the product that they sell has a lot to do with it. Knowledge base. And so I'd agree. When you get approached Hobbywing, Hobbywing North America, I've got a uh, team sponsorship with them. I didn't know anybody on the team. And I know some of the guys are on the team now, but just because they're, they're big in the world of RC helicopters and, you know, that's very obvious that they're sponsored by Hobby Wing. Uh, the team manager, his name was Randy. His first name was Randy. Anyway, yeah. I met him and he helped me with a couple of things on a Hobby Wing ESC. And it was learning how to set the ESC up with a V control radio. And that's where the relationship I started. We talked then, and then the second year of Urcha, I ran into him again. We chatted a little bit more. The second year I saw him at Urcha, we chatted a little bit more. And uh, one day I received a email. Actually, it was Messenger. I received a, a messenger from Facebook asking me if it'd be okay for him to call. And so I sent him my phone number. He called me and he invited me to be on the team. Somebody out there, I don't know who it was, had made a recommendation that they should talk to me. That was a sponsorship that I really enjoyed. I still enjoy It was something that I didn't go after. They, they came to me. And that is an awesome yeah, so thing. That, mm -hmm. So that, that would fall into the approached issue, but you have to be able to talk openly. Uh, you have to be able to like get on the phone and actually talk to somebody. You're going to have to be approachable. I wouldn't say approachable, approachable, but you have to be able to be, you have to be able to call people and talk. I mean, you're, you're not going to be able to sit behind a keyboard the whole time. You're going to have to do something besides typing or writing reviews or so forth and so on. Yeah. The next thing is acting professional. And this is going to be acting professional online, acting professional in a podcast situation, acting professional when you go to events. You don't, it's just the community is so small and tight knit that if you go to an event and you're somebody breaks your box and you walk over there and you completely hammer them and drop the F bombs and cuss them out people are going to know that's, that's not, even though it happened in a West Texas event where there was 35 people, there's going to be two or three people that know, and it's going to, it's going to get out. Like acting professional is probably the top on the list. Uh, probably why I'm not sponsored anymore. <laughs> no. Now that's true. You really have to watch what you're doing and, and it's it's very difficult. I, I put act professional in air quotes, but you're you're gonna be supporting a product that may have issues along the way or we'll call them growing pains. Right? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, it's gonna be difficult at times for you to support a product that may be having transitional issues or something growing. The, the product is still in, in the growing or the maturing phase. And 
you don't want to go online and, and say everything that's bad about the product, but you don't want to go online and not tell the truth. So it's, it's gets, it gets the, the, the line gets very, very thin to stand on sometimes. Yeah. Um, and you, and you see that like in Facebook groups and um, people will stand up, you know, for the products and things like that, which kind of, you know, it, it's, they're doing their job. They're doing what they're supposed to be doing, but it does kind of sometimes get old because, you know, everything, something's going to go wrong. So once in a while, so it's more just being helpful and not just being like, Oh, it must've been you, you know, you see that a lot. Yeah. Just going down the list here. Uh, next on the list would be what's in it for them. What can, what can you provide? To the company and this is just like applying for a job or a profession or something like that you're going it's it's kind of like a job interview you're what can you give to that company what can you give to them we we're just talking about carrie about jr knowledge he's super knowledgeable on the jr products and he would be a good fit for them because he has the knowledge base to help people with that product yeah definitely the next on the list, are you ready to commit 100%? This is a large topic when you say commit 100%. Let's, we can break this down into airframes. We can break this down into blades. We can break this down into servos, ESCs, motors. When you get sponsored by X, Y, or Z company, if they make that product and that size, you may be required written in a contract to fly only that product at events or when seen in public, depending on the contract. Correct. I've never been in one of those contracts, so I'm, I don't, I don't have firsthand knowledge. So I am in that contract uh, with hobby wing and other products. I mean, my sponsors, hobby wing synergy, Bavarian demon. Which ones do you not have? <laughs> <laughs> no. And I knew I had carry on here for some reason. <laughs> Poking Kenny in the back. Richard is right. You have to commit to the product. Um, there is, we're all helicopter RC enthusiasts. <clears throat> we have more than what is only solely in our contract. All right, I have more helicopters than Synergy or other helicopters. I have other, I have other, other chargers than Rebel Electrics. I have other flight control units than Bavarian Demon. I have other ESCs and Hobby Wings. But when you see me, you're going to see the bulk load of the products that I represent uh, because that's the agreement that I have with my sponsorships. Now, there is times when I will use a different product to gain knowledge. So I have something, a working knowledge table of how product A versus product B compares. And who knows, product B may, be, have, may have some, they may have something that you like that is a good recommendation for somebody else product A to look at. It's, you know, that's the way things work. That's yeah. keeps everything evolving and, and improving. 
over time. I just think that if you're going to be in a sponsorship, that you have to be honest with yourself. You have to be honest with the, your sponsors. You know, this stuff isn't free. And yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll touch on that later as far as stages and discounts and stuff, so forth and so on. But okay. Let's say Carrie got up, Carrie applies to JR, right? And JR responds back to Carrie and says, all right, we'll put you on a sponsorship. X, Y, or Z, you have to fly our, our flight controller, our helicopters, our radios. You know, that's, that's a large commitment for Kerry. He's going to have to swap out every flight controller almost that he flies and he flies other flight controllers at the same time. Correct. Depending on the contract, depending on there's different, every company has different contracts or different scenarios, right? And, you know, Carrie could, you know, say, okay, it's 60% of my fleet is going to fly JR. You know, when I go to events, I'm only going to fly the helis that have the JR flight controller. Just air quotes as saying, yeah. you know, there's going to be some type of commitment you're going to be required that you do not expect that is going to be expected of you in this contract that you don't realize that's going to be coming in my opinion. So next is what will you have to do if you take this contract? So I, I always wanted to be sponsored by, by brain MSH, right? I flew it for a long time. I could, I can help people with my eyes closed on scenarios and so forth and so on or issues, but I've never been on the team. I've always wanted to be on the team. One of the main reasons I didn't approach them just for one, I don't try to approach for sponsorships, but one of the main reasons I didn't want to be on the team was you're going to be required on a flight controller team to be doing beta testing on flight controllers. And there is a possibility if you're doing beta testing on flight controllers, you're going to put a model in if something's not correct, right? Mm -hmm. Possible. I mean, there's that possibility is there. So I never went that direction, but there's going to be stuff you're going to have to do. If you go to events, you're going to have to help with setup of tents, take down of tents. It's not going to be you go to the event and you just put up your banner. You're going you to basically have to work for that company. Yes. When you go to events and that company is there, let's say Urcha. I mean, it, it is one of the bigger events, but you go to Urcha and your company sponsor is there. You're going to be required, not required, but you're going to, they're going to expect of you to help set up, put down, answer questions, man the booth. There's going to be additional requirements at the event that you're going to have to do. I would agree with that. The next on the list would be you're going to have to be able to keep secrets if you're on a team. You're going to have knowledge of changes and issues or upgrades or updates, future and past tense. I'll wait till this one finishes getting a drink. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. You're fine. Go ahead. No. 
I went to the store and this guy I knew was bagging my groceries and he doesn't like me because of my friend sophomore year of high school who stopped being friends with me. I come home, literally two of my bags of groceries, like all my deli meat, all my cheese is not, it I did not come home. He didn't put it in my car. Like $10 worth of groceries. I'm like, you really didn't give me $10 worth of my groceries that I paid for because of sophomore year of high school. This is a great story. It is. Keep you better up. not take this out. <laughs> <laughs> It'll get cut out. No. So then I actually had to cook a meal today for myself for dinner. Don't worry. She's uh, She has a sonic ice. She's smashing on the floor. <laughs> sonic ice. You can put this in the outtake. And this is a. Uh, you cannot pull this out. Yeah. 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 These guys are like, don't pull it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kenny stayed awake from. If I'd have drove six hours from South Padre, uh, I'd have been asleep too. I'm gonna make myself a sandwich and a smoothie. But no, now I'm having to make myself a because people are asking. <laughs> She must be mad. That was like nice too. I was like, oh, okay, how's it going? I'm a little pissed. Here. And we'll drop a. Uh... All quiet again? Uh. <laughs> Some deep eddies. Not sponsored. Not sponsored, she said. Yeah. <laughs> Not Deep Eddie sponsored. I don't want to ruin the podcast, so I can't have any yet. So. Deep Please, Eddie's, no. if you would like to sponsor this podcast. I don't even know what Deep Eddie is. Uh, Deep Eddie's is a lemon vodka. You can mix in lemonade. Ah. Back on track. Now that my daughter's done, what you will have to do, you will have to help at events. You may have to load. Um, we had a buddy at Urcha one year loaded every MSH team pilots helicopters in his trailer overnight. And I say every MSH, there was probably, what do you say, Kenny? It was probably 10 to 15, $20,000 of helicopters. Yeah, quite a bit. Yeah, you may have to load your car with other people's stuff. You may, you're going to have to be a team player. And that's, that's part of it, of what you're going to have to be willing to do. And I've never really had a problem with it. I do find it taxing sometimes. Like when we used to go to Urcha, when I was sponsored by Shannon, we would have to help set up stuff, help pull stuff out of the trailer, helps people throughout the day. I enjoyed it. Um, it was never like a taxing type of event, but after the event's over, you look at, Oh, what time did I spend doing what I wanted to? It may not be up to that level. You may realize, man, I spent a lot of time helping out, but that's what you signed up for. Yeah. So, the next is cost. Uh, I've had people in the past, I don't know who it was or so forth and so on, but somebody was going to be able to be a sponsored by, let's say, Expert Servo. Somebody approached 
X, Y, or Z pilot and said, man, you fly really good. We like how you fly. You have a model with our servos in it. We want to sponsor you, but you know, you're only going to get X, Y, or Z discount on servos and you need to change five helicopters over to that brand. Yeah, that, that happened to me. I was actually took a sponsorship with expert. They had put up a Facebook post. This was probably two years ago or so. And they put up a Facebook post looking for people. And I was like, Oh, that'd be fun. So, you know, I wasn't even thinking, you know, Oh, if I get on the team, I'm going to have to re uh, redo all my helis and, and things. So I ended up getting on the team and ended up leaving the team because I never even thought about that. You know, it's just like, Oh, being on a team, that sounds exciting. You know, <laughs> so I've learned a lot since then <laughs> about being on a team. Yeah. It's a lot of money. You're going to have to change if, if you have two hobby wings and a bunch of other ESCs or scorpions or so forth and so on, and you're going to have to change every helicopter in your fleet almost over to that brand, it's going to be a lot of money. Yeah. It's going to be, it's a, going to be a large investment and in cost you're looking, yep. you know, a thousand to $3,000. So we went over, you're going to have to have some type of relationship or know somebody um, at some point. Stages of discounts. Uh, they kind of go in, I would call them about four stages. Uh, they go in, they kind of start at a field rep stage that's 10 to 15% at a field rep stage. You kind of go into, if, if you're a kind of, I wouldn't call it a top tier pilot, but if you're, if you go to a lot of events, and you're helping out a lot, you may get into a 15 to 20% range. But above that, that's just, just not going to happen. You're that just, you ha would have to be Kyle Dahl, Kyle Stacy, Ben Storick. And I have no idea what those guys get on that level, but you're not going to get much above 10 to 15% discount being a sponsor pilot for X, Y, or Z. So in the end of the day, if you look at it, you're getting a little bit of discount, but the biggest thing is the company that you're representing is getting, getting a lot on their end by you helping other people. It's more of you already have that stuff. You already fly that stuff. You're doing it because you want to help that company, not because of the 10 to 15% discount that you get being a field rep or sponsorship. Yeah. Agreed. Yep. It's very like you would think, I mean, there are levels where you can get more than that, but it is, it's extremely difficult. And with the way the situation is going currently in the U S I would call it almost impossible to get anything more than that. And if you're doing it because of the discount, then it's just not, it's just shouldn't be what you're doing. Yeah. It's the, it's the wrong reason. Definitely. I rarely use my team discount just cause I just don't feel it's right. It's, it's just, it's difficult. 
She's back for another drink ready. <laughs> I'm just getting iceberg lettuce because it took me, what time is it? Eight. Took me 30 minutes to make my dinner instead of 10 minutes making my sandwich. <laughs> Life. Yep. That's what I <laughs> Yep. Oh, that's funny. Anyway, that's sponsorship. You guys, that's kind of the notes I went over as far as that's what they do. I mean, you may be flying a different frame or mainframe, or you may know of something else that's coming every now and then. If you're on like a, a pilot, let's say MSH Protos, right? Since they're not available anymore. If you're on the flight team, you, if you're part of the top 10 pilots on their team or something, you may get beta test kits and you may have to be required to do X amount of flights on beta kits at X amount of head speed. Um, Kenny, isn't there like on these teams, isn't there people that have like Facebook calls you have to be on and so forth and so on? So I would say that there is some of that stuff. My take on the whole team thing is, is probably a little bit different from yours. Overall, I believe that you are correct. I think the, the number one thing about being on a team and, and setting all the, the discounts and all that stuff to the side is you have to be willing to help people. The, you used the word approachable earlier, and being approachable is very important. Willing to sit down and help that person be successful at whatever it is that they're working on, even if it's not a product that you represent, I think is also very important, equally as important. Um, True. The uh, I remember there was a, a gentleman, we were at an event, and he was trying to get into races. Uh, he was not races, 3D competition. And, you know, of course, at an event that is on, on a very low end level, it's not a pro version of it. It's, it's our version of pro, not, not a pro version of pro. That makes sense. Wouldn't that be JR Pro Pro? And uh, <laughs> so anyway, he crashed. <laughs> And so he was immediately done. Well, I sat down with him, and it's not even a model. I flew the model that he was flying before. I had owned it for a very short time, but I didn't fly it any longer. And uh, I sat down with him, and we figured out what he needed. We tore that model apart. It was an Align T-Rex 600. Uh, he didn't have enough cash to get the model back up and running so I went and bought the parts for him and I realized that's way over what's required but I've known this guy a long time and I wanted him to be successful at it and you know it'll all work out in the end is kind of the way I looked at it uh, and I was able to but I just think that being part of a team has to be more than discount uh, the discount is the latter end of the, the whole thing. 
being approachable, being willing to help other people, being willing to help your sponsors if they need help, even if they don't ask for help. I think, you know, generally speaking, it's, uh, I think that's what's important. And my, my uh, involvement in the teams for the last, well, since 2007, 2007 was the, the first team I was on. I've had a good experience overall. I've had, actually, I've had a great experience. There's a couple of teams that didn't work out so well, uh, difference of opinion, whatever the, the case is. And, and, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, because after all, this is a hobby. And you have to make sure that in doing all of this stuff that it doesn't interfere with the part that you enjoy, which is the hobby. And with me, I've always enjoyed both ends of it. I've enjoyed helping people and I've enjoyed the hobby. And uh, that's my plan to continue on. And one day it may come to a point where I don't have any more team affiliates. I, I, I hope it doesn't get to that because I enjoy being on a team. If that happens, I will continue to fly and I will continue to help people. Very good. Um, very good. Yes. Yeah. All my sponsorships that I've had have been like Facebook call outs. I've only gone to one person and asked, um, and that was Shannon at only fine helis. I had asked uh, probably over a year ago. Um, just because he doesn't have a lot of representation in the West Coast. Um, I know that Donnie flies for him and stuff. And I've really liked what he's done with his, his uh, business and his family values and everything. Like I've told you guys before, that would probably be the only um, sponsorship I'd ever look for is like only fine helis. I'm not really into doing what I did before. Like if there's a Facebook call out for them you know trying to get people on teams and, and things like that i don't think i'd do that again just because i was <laughs> yeah i was doing it for the wrong reasons i was doing it just to be on a team and yeah i had some of the like i said with expert i had some of those products but i really with the way i am i'm not in the financial bracket to re re-kid everything you know so so that's that's where I am. Yeah, Shannon's Shannon's team is is very nice to be on. He's he is pushing a little bit to get to the the West Coast a little bit. Obviously, Donnie's over there now. Yeah, I had he's slowly trying to push to get over there. Uh, it's difficult because Amen Hobbies is so relevant and yeah, that's why. And and I don't besides for Donnie, I don't see anybody you know at um, for example the the southwest heli rodeo yeah he's the only representation and things like that so i would say going back to the main question of how to get sponsored or how to make yourself stand out would be going to events and helping people Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's it that's a hard thing to do because you have to be just like kenny had said you have to be approachable and sometimes it's difficult if like not to speak of Kenny as godfather, but like Kenny, <laughs> Kenny was on the team with Curtis. Right. Mm-hmm. And when I used to go to events back in 
you know, 2001 ish, you know, Kenny, even though he flew at our local field, like he was still on that level where I, I wouldn't just go approach him just to approach him. Yeah. I, I, I felt like he was unapproachable because I was such um, a newbie in the hobby. Mm-hmm. So I would say if, if there's people out there that need help at an event, go approach somebody, even if, even if you think that they're like above your flying style or air quotes, you know, type of deal. Most everybody at events will, will stop what they're doing and go help you. Yeah. Uh, we're all looking for people to help in this hobby and it's, it's up to, I can't help you if you don't tell me you need help. Like exactly. every, every, every now and then I can watch somebody fly and go, wow, they need help doing X, Y, or Z. You know, there's, mm-hmm. I, I need to, I need to go over there and approach them and help them with a problem I'm seeing in their flying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's, it's a very difficult, it's, it's yeah, hard you, to do. And it's hard. You don't know how the person might take it. If you go up and be like, Hey, I noticed, uh, you know, something and yeah, they I don't know like, if they'll take it in a positive way or a negative way or correct. And it, yeah. it's, it's one of those things that you have to be, I wouldn't say a people person, but you have to be able to like kind of read people and know when you need to, to approach them or not approach them or help them or not help them. Obviously if somebody comes and asks you for help, at an event, if you're in the 99% like us and you know how to help them, or if I've had people come up to me and ask me for help and I'm like, I have no idea how to do that, but I have a friend down here that knows that product and he mm-hmm. can help you and I'll, I'll push them over to them. Yeah. Uh, the biggest thing is, is if somebody's out there and we're at events and you're having an issue, go walk around and ask, just even if it's something small, just walk around and ask and let us know. Carrie may know something that I don't know or have a trick for something that I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows something that we haven't seen. You know, before. And, and honestly, out of all those, the sponsorships that I've had, the first foremost prerequisite, well, one was that you flew their product or you use their product, whatever it may be. Uh, but the second the, the the next thing was that you help people. If somebody needs help, regardless of the product, and you have the ability to help them, then help them. And just like Richard said, that may be getting somebody else that knows more about it. Yeah. I think that is the number one thing that is the most important out of all of it is helping each other. Because in the end, we all just want to fly. We all just want to fly like exactly. Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely this hobby is a hobby of team people, and we all want to work together and help each other. If you need help, ask for help. If you see somebody that needs help, go help them. If they get pissed off at you because you went and tried to help them, don't get down on yourself. The next, the next guy up will appreciate it. So, It'll so just fun. a quick story. Yep. Uh, I won't say when. I won't say where because I don't 
I'd, I'd just rather not. But I was helping an individual that came and asked for help uh, on a product, and it was a Hobby Wing ESC. And uh, and I know the Hobby Wing stuff. I know how to I know how to update. I know how to set them. Um, I know if they sound right, if they don't, all that stuff. And this this gentleman, two people, they brought a model to me that I've never seen before. And he said that this was it was a Hobby Wing 200, and he said it's not working right. Somebody had said that you might be able to help me, and I said okay. I said let me let's take a look at it. So first rattle out of the box, I'm you know we took all the blades off. Second thing, I hooked up to a computer. We I realized that he was using a firmware that just it was a like a stock firmware. It needed to be updated, and I had some problems with the computer. I needed a new, uh, the firmware I needed to download. We were at an event. I didn't have it on my computer. That took a little while. He went and got somebody else from, uh, that he thought would be better suited to do this. And that person came over there because they had in their mind that I was, that this model was fixing to get messed up and I was going to burn up his 200 amp ESC. And uh, so that other individual came over there and he said, oh, that's Kenny. You're fine. And he did it just like that. He chuckled and said, oh, that's Kenny. You're fine. He's, he doesn't need our help. I promise you. So I got through at the model and I said, let's go try it. And he said, well, I can't do it right now. It's going to be a while. Now, I didn't know where this guy was at. And it's a big field. I just won again. <laughs> So about an hour <laughs> later, I went looking for him and I asked him, I said, have you had a chance to find to fly it yet? And he said, no. I said, well, let's go fly it before we run out of daylight. I said, come on, I'll go with you. So we went out there and powered it up and he put it in into a uh, zero pitch hover just on the ground, not hover. But we ran it there for about 20 seconds, shut it down started it back up and he was blown away and uh so <laughs> that's the second time i'm gonna say i don't know where i was going <laughs> you talked yourself into a hole again <laughs> no i'm just the the point was is that when that other person came to me and and said oh that's kenny that the thought came in my mind that uh well, this this gentleman was concerned. He didn't like something I was doing. And it, it was a little bit intimidated when somebody else came over there to help me. In that situation, it's a touchy situation. A touchy situation. Mm -hmm. The thing is, though, in that situation, you got to hold your composure and you got to realize that these guys, it's their money that they're spending. And, you know, Hobby Wing ESC, a 200 Very amp true. is not cheap. That's expensive. No. And you make one mistake, do something wrong, you know, you may see it go up in smoke. And yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. 
I only have one of so them. So you have to be careful with that kind of stuff, but you have to understand the mindset of other people and realize they're, they're, they're just human too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that falls into being able to read people. Yes. Be able to, before, you, a lot of times before I approach a person, I'll actually watch them. I'll watch them fly or I'll, you know, if they're out of camp with some other people, I'll, I'll kind of just watch them and just see like what they're doing and try, try to figure out if, if I can approach them or not, or if there's somebody around them that walks up that I know. And I'm like, Oh, I know so-and-so you just talk to him. Let me, let, let me go approach that guy and just, just double check that, you know, what I'm going to do is going to be okay. Yep. Yeah. Anything else on the main topic? Sponsorship. I used to be sponsored, but till you quit. Quitting a sponsorship is very difficult. I can tell you. I used to be sponsored by Shannon, and then I started flying quite a few other helicopters that he did not um, sell the KDS stuff, and. I decided at the beginning of this year to kind of split ties just because I was flying a little bit more than I should have. So I split those ties, the door still open for me, but at this point I'm enjoying doing pretty much whatever I want with no sponsorship on top of it. So, yeah. And you did it the right way too. You, you noticed that. So yeah, I it started, wasn't like, I started you know. seeing it and I started noticing mm-hmm. it and I was I had contacted him and, you know, when I started flying that X, Y, or Z model, I contacted him and let him know what I had bought and what I was going to be testing. And then at some point I decided to just, you know, let him know and open that door and split ties a little bit. I still order everything I can. He's still first on the list as far as seeing what's in stock. So Mm -hmm. I'll do the same thing. (laughs) <laughs> same with me gonna be looking for some Mikado parts soon he's got some Mikado 550 stuff I need to actually need to call and see what all he has for it and get some orders made eventually but that sponsorship stuff it's it's it, it's a tricky road if if you guys are into helping people and when you go to sleep at night you feel good because you help somebody with a problem then I would say it may be something that is for you. Um, if you think it's all about discounts and money, then it's probably not what's for you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's pretty much the gist of it. It's for people that want to help people and getting your name out there is going to events and finding people to help. It's difficult. And just because you're not sponsored, if there's a product you love, do what you can to support it. They'll eventually see you. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It may take a while, but you'll definitely be seen. So just to touch, there is an online presence that you can help out with. I mean, we have Facebook and HeliFreak and RunRider and places like that where you can post pictures and help people out with issues here or there. There's forms for every fly wireless controller and every radio that would be a start to be able to help people out online with those problems and you just have to remember when you start doing that that somebody else may have a different opinion 
and yes and typing on a right. keyboard and opinions start getting mixed up like milkshakes it sometimes. does and <laughs> it's when it's when things it's when things clash and so being part of a spark sponsorship is sometimes knowing when to just agree to disagree and move on true it is very the fine line but if you guys are out there and just want to help people there's places to help people you don't have to be sponsored next on the list if we're done with the main topic so i'm done with it yeah <laughs> flush it down uh what's new power helis has 35 percent off the site's closing and going to reopen as power heli shop it's kind of news i don't um, know that those are the same companies uh enterprise hobbies and power helis are associated with one another uh, mm -hmm. they were well gail i knew gail had i don't know if he moved so he was saying that uh, power heli shops in nevada or something Power Heli shop, from what I'm to understand, is just a different business. Power Heli's owned by uh, a dude that lives in California. Uh, same owner as Enterprise mm -hmm. Hobbies. That the that's the part that's shutting down. Oh, okay. I think I'm I'm pretty sure that's accurate. Yeah, there's 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 still a bunch of I would say. Rumorville on this will know more as Power Heli Shop actually comes online and is available. And as time evolves, we'll probably know a little bit more about X, Y, or Z on this situation. Okay. But a line will still be sponsored, not sponsored, but supported in the U.S., hopefully. Hope so. <laughs> so it should be. I know Align's a major, major helicopter company in the United States, and we all should be okay. Next is there was a new video on the Logo 200. Yeah, it's seen. I think it was Friday, maybe there was a video of uh, Kyle Dolph um, with the Logo 200. So that's getting closer and closer, I guess, to coming out. Yeah, that's not quite out it's not quite out yet but uh, they still are doing testing it looks like Kyle Dahl still looks like he has one for himself yep so I'm, I'm interested to see the changes from the OMP one that you're that you have or Kenny has and um, how that compares to a logo how the logo is you know whether they change and that kind of stuff yeah I really want to see how this tell authority that issue that I'm seeing, I, I looked online at some forums and could not find any tell issues that people were having on this helicopter. So like I said, I pirouette to the right, which is, I would probably say 20% of the helicopter pilots pirouette to the right. It's a yeah. non. So I just wonder if, if this issue has been seen or not i don't know <laughs> i haven't flown it we'll let you fly it soon 
it flies really good. The helicopter itself, pitch and collective, uh, it's very simple. The the fly barless controller, as it is, they have they have a a new one out. Uh, have you seen that? Brent? The 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 uh, version two, I guess. Yeah, I saw that. Didn't they have like two two different versions that were just released? Correct. Uh, the fly controller now you can adjust some parameters, which the one I have currently of Kenny's is there's no parameters you can adjust if you want it to be faster off of center, so forth and so on. You're going to have to put Expo in the model. Uh, I would say currently, I told somebody the other day that the flight controller flies like a Brain 2 in sport mode. This is what it flies like. So, just for you, Kenny, so you know what it's going to fly like. Yeah. It's semi-soft. Awesome. I'm excited. So, it's not bad. Next, yeah, you sound excited. <laughs> <laughs> if I can ship it back to you, I would. I'd drive it out there <laughs> next day or two if I have time. So next on the topic is buy and sell. We'll start with Carrie. If you bought or sold anything, Carrie? Not recently. Uh, my, my... Have, have you ever sold anything, Carrie? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I think I pretty well have every model I've ever started with. Yeah. yeah if you're looking to buy something, Carrie's not the person <laughs> to go looking for. <laughs> You're looking to sell something. Yeah, maybe. yeah, yeah. I might buy it off of you. Really? You That's interested cool. in an M two? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> oh, might be. Awesome. Might Carrie, be. you and I need to talk. So, I'd like to fly. I'd like to fly it first. So we're gonna start to change this topic from uh, we're selling. Carrie's buying. <laughs> so Richard, <laughs> instead of driving so, that out to me, would you just drive it out to Carrie? Just drive it up to West Texas West, and spend the night with. No, uh, he's not in West Carrie Texas. Not East. There you go. West East Texas. <laughs> spend the night with him. Hey, we'll we'll have the whole buddy. RC field to ourselves. And you can you might need the whole RC field with that heli. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't have anything buy and sell besides the logo stuff I already went over. Kenny buy and, and sell anything. <laughs> Sounds like it. He's working on selling an M2. That's what it's I can like. honestly say <laughs> I have never flown it. Yeah. And after my review, he's kind of it flies good for in the box stuff. It, or if you pirouette left, you pirouette it's fly left good right? big air stuff. But Carrie? Uh, I I go either direction. You go either way. Man, that just sounds so bad on so many different levels. <laughs> no, no, when I try, when I try to learn a new maneuver, I tried to learn it both right and left uh -huh. orientation. So Def definitely should have asked the strap on or strap on question. Yes. You did. Strap on or strap off. <laughs> yeah, I just didn't ask it in that orientation. <laughs> so Brent has some buy and sells. Yeah, I'm looking to get rid of my Gowie X42 with the 4025 1100 motor. Um, 
I'm going to stick with my T-Rex 500 for now. So I was just sitting in my little hobby room now, just taking up space and I could use the money for other stuff. And then, like I said in my section earlier, uh, my friend and I did a, a frame swap. So I have a, a Line 700L that I'm going to be using as my beater now. And he has my Gowie X7. So Yeah, definitely. If you guys are into possibly a Gowie X4II, get with Brent. It's a, it's a nice machine. It's a nice heli. He has it, a semi-stretch kit to it. So it's definitely a nice flying 500 size, 520 size heli. That's all I have. We're 30 minutes early, Kenny. You're 30 minutes late. <laughs> but Carrie, you have anything else you want to add? Man, I, I can't think of anything. I'll put you on the spot. Yeah. But yeah, we'll try to try to get Carrie back on here. He's definitely has always has some some gasser inputs. He's got a gasser heli. He's got electric helis. Do you have a nitro? No, not yet. The the mm. just the cost of nitro is the only thing kept kept me away from a nitro. Yep. Yeah. It, it's not the engines. It's not the the helicopters. It's strictly the price of fuel. Yeah, the price of fuel is out there. The oxy. Five nitro should be shipping soon. If I you did a pre-order on that, you should be getting that helicopter shipped to you. Squeeze an OS ninety in it and convert it to gas. You'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> He's a true gasser at heart. I can tell. One of these days, I'm going to fly that gasser of yours. Heck yeah! It's running <laughs> even better than it was before. I'll see if I can blow it up. <laughs> That's good. That's all I have, guys. If you have anything else, um, Brent will take us out for the outros, and then we'll go over how to contact us. Yeah, if you need to uh, contact us, just uh, send us a message on the Houdini Heli Podcast Facebook page. And we want to say thank you to the other podcasts. I'll start with Heliheads. That's Skids, Yard Sale, Gucci, and Fence Post. Freefall RC with Kevin, Steve, Andy, and George. Skids Up with Paul, Frank, and Javier. The BK Podcast with Bert and Kyle. Telerotor with Rich, Michael, Robert, and Mike. Inverted Down Under with Ozzy Mozzie and Jeff Smart. RC Element with Todd. And last but not least, go and check out Bill and YouTube. And if they needed to get a hold of you, Carrie, how would they do that? Either Facebook, it's just Carrie Snyder. Uh, email me at CarrieSnyder at Yahoo.com. I even have a YouTube channel myself. Uh, again, Carrie Snyder. Pretty much those three ways. If you needed to get a hold of me at Gmail at Houdini RC, Gmail at Jesus. That's backwards. Can killing myself. Or you aren't drinking. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm sitting here looking at it. If you need to get a hold of me, it's Houdini RC Heli at gmail.com. Or send me a message on Facebook. It's Richard Spiegel, R.C. Kenny. Uh, reach me on Facebook at Kenny Sierra. And then you can reach me on uh, Run Rider or Heli Freak as Kenny S. I'm so tired. Well, that's all we have, guys. Keep it safe. Stay in the box. Don't escape. We'll see, see you next ya. week. See you guys. Yeah.